the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jen Bryant, and today we are talking about introverts and extroverts. Now in past podcast episodes, we've talked a little bit about personality indicator tests like Myers-Briggs, like the Enneagram. Actually, we did a whole two episodes on the Enneagram and marriage. That's because I am super duper interested in understanding people. Um, As an Enneagram 2 myself, I, I love to get in there and help people. I love to help them figure out why they do the things that they do. And it's one of the huge reasons why I started Practical Family is to help folks learn practical ways to live simply or to learn to live with less than they do so that they can simplify their life. Now, as we're moving into focusing more on moms, this whole new year, 2020, as we come upon it, is going to be a lot more focused on the inner workings of moms. What makes you strong enough? What makes you good enough? The reminder about who you are and your identity in Christ It's exciting to think about these things because I've found that after four years of serving you here at Practical Family, the root of most issues within mothers tends to be the identity issue. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing my friends Brandon and Amy Hawkins. And I know these guys from church, and it started with a conversation that Brandon and I had in the cafe one day about how difficult it can be for folks to meet new people, to basically to form friendships when you maybe tend to be a little shy or a lot shy or not sure how to broach relationships because either you never learned, it's not part of your personality, nobody really taught those things to you, but for some, it tends to come more naturally than to others. Brandon Hawkins is a self-proclaimed extrovert, and he wanted to come on today to share with you a bit about how he learned to connect people using his extroverted personality, and how when he married his wife, Amy, who is more introverted, why they are such a good match together and how they have navigated moving from town to town because they're a military family, and how they have found to make solid connections in every town and every church family that they come across. So listen in today to my interview with Brandon and Amy Hawkins here on the Practical Family Podcast as we talk about the special God-given power of extroverts and introverts. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. I've always wanted to be on a podcast, so this is exciting. (laughs) It is exciting because, Brandon, you are one of the most awesomely energetic guys Mm. I've ever met. And, that's um, one way to put it. Yeah, that's one way. So that's why that's why you're here with us today, because we are talking all about introverts and extroverts today. Mm. But not just that, because we wanted to get together and do an encouraging podcast on how to encourage families to connect with other families when mm. they move around so much. And mm-hmm. Brandon, you were telling me at church that you you grew up military, right? I did. I did. My father retired from the Air Force. He did 23 years in the Air Force. So I've been moving as long as I can remember. We've moved, I want to say five times throughout my youth. And then I grew up and joined the military myself and I've moved an additional four times since then. So 
about every four to five years we were picking up and going somewhere. So definitely making new friends and meeting new people has always been a big part of my life, me and my, my family, my brother's life. So you kind of had to get used to it or whatever. <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> or not have friends, yeah. <laughs> We have a lot of families um, who follow Practical Family who mm-hmm. are military. Mm-hmm. We have a large homeschooling constituency, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that, because of our awesome homeschool products and because of our heart to reach families who just want to be able to stay connected. And whether you're military or not, you know, there's always things like job, like, you know, different seasons of life that make you pick up and leave right. or just have a different family life and so we wanted to focus today on how our personalities help us to build community Mm -hmm. and it's nice that what we talked about at church that one Sunday that Mm -hmm. inspired both of us to want to do this podcast was just how important it is for people to connect within the church because you can go to church and really not meet anybody it's easy to slip in and slip out especially in larger congregations right so share with us again your heart about that yeah so i've always had this feeling that there are a lot of people who go to church and they're looking for a particular something a lot of times they don't know what that is that they're looking for we all obviously want to be fed spiritually we all normally like good praise and worship, but there's something else that people tend to want. And really, I think that is just a connection. I've heard many people say they love when they go to a church and it immediately feels like family. And that means different things to different people. But I think that's the, the part about church that really makes somebody feel like, man, this is this is our church. When they step in and they get back in their car and they immediately were like, man, that was awesome. People were so friendly. People were so nice. Um, it really, they, they, they felt like they really wanted us there. It really felt like a family immediately. Um, I think that's the connection that people really are looking for. But that can be obviously very hard because not everybody's personality is built to cultivate that um, on their own. A lot of times that has to be basically presented to somebody in an easy to accept way because they're not going to walk into a brand new building, a brand new group and say, hey, who wants to be in my family? Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not how the average person, I might. But <laughs> I would not. <laughs> and it's, it's worth mentioning, too, we'll get into more of this later, families. So Brandon is the extrovert in this situation, in this that relationship. I am. Yes. <laughs> and Amy is more of the introvert. Mm-hmm. Not to put hard and fast labels on anyone, mm-hmm. but when you really are honest about who you are and what your natural tendencies are, mm-hmm. we find that it's much easier to not just accept accept yourself because then it's a little easier to have boundaries with others. Communicating that is, is right. the next level. Um, you know, communicating our needs and everything is next level. So first we'll start with talking about the healthy versus the unhealthy extrovert. What about you being healthy can help you connect to people at church in a good way? So I think that the biggest thing between what makes an extrovert healthy versus unhealthy is simply selflessness versus selfishness. So I know that there have been many times as an extrovert, you always just like to be around people. You like to be the life of the party. You want to be in the middle of it. You want everybody to be looking at you. And if there's laughter going on, I want to be a part of that. Really, I want to be the reason that that's happening, right? (laughs) I think an unhealthy extrovert is very self-seeking in the fact that 
I want to be a part of that for me because I'm bored if I'm not in the middle of the party. I'm bored if I'm sitting in a corner by myself. So how can I find entertainment for myself? I think that is an unhealthy extrovert mindset because it's kind of selfish and self-seeking. I think a healthy extrovert is one who uses really these God-given personality traits to pull the introverts and the more quiet people out of their shells because most times they want to interact. They don't want to sit in a corner by themselves at a church. Like they came to visit the church or the small group or the youth group or whatever it is. They came to visit not to sit in a room by themselves. So I think a healthy extrovert is one who takes his or her outgoing personality and instead of just saying, how can I entertain myself, looks around the room and says, okay, who needs help being pulled out of their shell? Because I can't tell you how many times I've found somebody sitting at a table by themselves or who walked into the, the lobby of the church and they have that clear, I'm a new person look. And I approach them and they almost have this sense of relief like, oh, thank you for talking to me because I didn't know where to go, who to talk to. And, and so many relationships have been built that way just by me using the fact that talking to new people is not awkward for me or not uncomfortable and helping somebody who might be uncomfortable feel a little bit more comfortable. I said comfortable a lot of times right there. <laughs> Which I think is more about the building relationships. So I think for you, it's more about connecting with people and getting to know people a lot faster than the introverts. So right. seeking those out and building those relationships and connections a lot faster right. too. Right. Now, it's interesting how people who have such different personalities, well, number one, that that the two of you are together and happy and mm -hmm. married. And Very happy. And, by the way, expecting your first oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Baby girl. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So All name suggestions are welcome. <laughs> oh, don't put out there. Put out there to the internet. <laughs> they, will, they will answer you back, I promise. <laughs> Some misconceptions about extroverts can be that you're overly confident arrogant you know like mm -hmm. you've heard you've talked to me about this before like mm -hmm. and it's hard because you need nobody wants to be misunderstood right mm -hmm. and same with introverts it's mm -hmm. like oh she doesn't have her own will like you, know, you just depend on your husband or whatever but tell me that's not true <laughs> so i've been telling this story for a little while in our small group i am the same person i am now and relatively recently i got sick and i couldn't speak like I had no voice. It was one of those. <sighs> so I started the small group that week by saying, hey, guys, I'm really sorry. I'm, I don't really have a voice, so I'm probably not going to say much. And there was a lot of jokes and I'm doing the air quotes. There was a lot of jokes about, oh, finally, I guess somebody else can speak this week. And it really like made me feel, I, I guess, very self-conscious. And, and, and it made me really look at myself. Uh, with a critical eye and I got home later that night and I said hey so they were joking a lot but how much of that do you think was serious um, and long story short me and Amy had a long talk about how I come off when I speak how I'm perceived when I speak and we concluded that I guess a lot of times I would come off as if I always had the answer as if my statement was the final say like we've discussed XYZ but now Brandon has spoken so I guess that is it. And that obviously is not how I ever wanted to be perceived, but I guess with 
the way I speak and the confidence and how I'll just talk to anybody. I think it was coming off that way a lot. So I think sometimes as an extrovert, we do come off that way. Like we're overly confident. Like we know no wrong just because we are so quick. Like the idea of being wrong doesn't scare us away from speaking. So because of that, we will say whatever we're thinking with the same level of confidence, whether we're right or wrong, we're just going to say it the same way. (laughs) So it does, I think, sometimes create those perceptions. And on the contrary, my wife, because she won't step up and speak sometimes, sometimes I question if she actually knows what she's talking about. And I mean that (laughs) I mean that in love, like but like we've went to uh, trivia nights where you know you everybody you're in a group and you have to give your answer as a group and they'll ask what number one hit was written in blah 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 and we start oh i think it was a uh, michael jackson and amy will very quietly be like uh that's the beatles blah blah, blah. but she won't say it very loud <laughs> so as an extrovert i kind of take that as you're not very confident in that answer it's not that she's not confident she's just not the extrovert loud and then, lo and behold, every time, the answer would be, the Beatles, 1970. And she would be like, I told you. I'm like, you didn't say it. With co-. So I think it, <laughs> I think it goes the same way where we kind of perceive the introverts to, like, they don't want to speak because they don't know what to say or they don't know if what they're going to say is right. And the introverts look at us like, well, I guess everything they say is right because they're always like, so I, the perceptions are there. But that is not accurate at all, because I know very, I don't know a lot. <laughs> but you'll never know that, by the way I, <laughs> by the way I speak. You fake it so well. You're fake it till you make it. Best fake ever. <laughs> but you know what? The fake it till you make it um, really helped me to mm-hmm. get over my fear of just being shy. You know, right. I, you couldn't probably tell now, because I'm so used to kind of being that teacher and being a right. friend. The more you do it the better you get at it. And right. that's, that's my thing. But Amy, can you share, would you mind sharing from the perspective of someone who's more introverted? Like what, what is that really like? Is it, is it a fear to speak or is it a, like, what's going through your mind in that moment? Yeah, I think it would be a slight fear. There is like a lack of confidence, even though I'm sure of the answer, like say for going back to the trivia night, like I'm, I'm confident if I was going to do it, but it's for the group mm. and I don't want to disappoint the group. Mm. So I think that comes into play um, because I do have a tendency to want to make everybody happy or please people. So that that comes into play. Sometimes I think I I go into uh, that fear a little too much, even being confident. And then there will be other times, though, um, I feel it plays in reverse where I don't know the answer, but if I act confidently about my answer, I will give it convincingly um so that is another i don't know if i've i've learned that um like i think that came from being married to me and maybe i think <laughs> but i feel like the more convincing i am actually i'm not as confident right. but when i'm quiet and um, share in those ways and then i'm actually i'm pretty sure also mm-hmm. but i guess just um when those big bold personalities are in the group with me like I tend to withdraw and tend to be more of a listener and an observer mm-hmm. so I, I take a lot in I may not contribute as much but all the while in my head I am taking notes making observations and it at a later time in a smaller group I will like I love to just dis- discuss what I've noticed or what I've learned but with the big group I think it's just too intimidating 
and going back to healthy versus unhealthy, I think that's a great point because both in my military career at churches, I've started to learn that the quiet ones are oftentimes the smartest people in the room. They have the most to offer, like intellectually, uh, socially, whatever, to the conversation. They have so much, but they're just not going to willingly give that. I'm in situations all the time at work where we'll be in like a group setting. Maybe we're doing some sort of military training and they might be asking the entire room questions about, well, in this situation, what would you do if, you know, one of your airmen does blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, I always have an answer. I step up and speak. But I've started to learn if I stop and say, hey, Sergeant so-and-so, I saw you were getting ready to speak which he probably didn't because I cut him off <laughs> by speaking myself. <laughs> but if, if I say, sorry, so, so I saw you were getting ready to say something. If I use my personality to help him get a little bit of, of a moment to say what he has to say, it's always so profound, whatever they have to say. They've just been, and they were going to be content never saying it. I've learned that people that I hadn't talked to for years that I finally say, hey, come join our group, blah, blah, blah can be the funniest people you've ever met. They're a great addition to your friends group, but they would have never actually came unless somebody who was a little bit more extroverted went out of their selfish way to say, hey, you, come here. Like, and all of a sudden now you have a, another great addition to the conversation of the group. So I think that is going back to like that healthy, I think a healthy extrovert starts to notice those opportunities that he or she can help somebody else come out of their shell for the really for the benefit of the entire group or church or class or whatever it is that that you're in. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And let's start off today mm-hmm. by by understanding that, that there is a difference. Let's not jump to conclusions about people who have a, a larger or a seemingly smaller personality. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not about less than it's or more than. It's about different. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all different and we all act differently. We all, all have different core motivations for why we do or don't do something, mm-hmm. you know. And that's really where it starts because we cannot be intimidated, for instance, by the bigger personalities. We just kind of have to understand what goes into that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And what those people may need if they're in an unhealthy place, if there's a huge need for attention. We see this a lot with our kids, too. You know, like, and you guys will find out as parents, but I know you've, <laughs> and you've worked with kids a lot and, and other families, children and things. And, and you can tell when when some children just need attention. They'll, they'll act out quiet you know it just depends it, mm-hmm. it, it really depends um, we'll talk more about this in other episodes coming up for sure but introvert extrovert has been kind of kind of have been buzzwords for quite a while but okay. so what people are discovering now is uh, a really cool tool called the Enneagram and mm-hmm. so if you're familiar with Enneagram at all um, extroverts tend to fall into the either the one the three seven or eight category and the introverts tend to be twos fours five sixes and nines those are the the more quiet silent observers the ones that are you know afraid to get any answer wrong so maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't speak and then on the other side of things ones three sevens and eights are like hey you know, here's my answer. <laughs> here's my answer. Take I it, don't know. take it or leave it. <laughs> but either they want to be a part of it, or so there are different differentiating personalities there. So I'll have a link to the enneagram and in the show notes for this too. But as we get more into what is it that people need, and because the point of this episode is how do we make strong and lasting connections wherever we go, wherever God has us in mm-hmm. life, whether we're moving around with military or whatever we're doing. The bottom line is that people need to be seen, heard, and loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
those are the three. Those are the, it's the trifecta of, of connection, to be seen, to be heard, and to be loved. And Brandon, you mentioned, you know, you need to see people. You know, mm -hmm. extroverts notice. Notice when others need to be invited into the group because a lot of people need that invitation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Most people aren't just going to kind of come over to your house, show up and come over to your house and be like, hey, what's for dinner? You know, <laughs> some people might, and if you're close enough, sure, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you know, but there generally needs to be an invitation for that comfort level mm -hmm. to exist. And then to be loved finally happens after time and after your willingness to put yourself out there and be invested in somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about family roles, specifically in your immediate family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what my husband and I have dealt with over time is like the expectation thing. Mm. And those things always fluctuate and change, mm -hmm. how long you've been married, whether it's a year or 13 or 20 years. Right. And hopefully the longer you're married, the more you see each other's tendencies in that. Mm -hmm. But things like, why can't you be more like this? Mm -hmm. Why can't you be more outgoing? Why can't you be more quiet for the love? You know, like, <laughs> calm it down, you know? What have you guys seen in each other? And how has it maybe changed over right. time? Do you want to start with that one? Or, no, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I was trying to be an introvert for one. Um, <laughs> so I think the biggest thing that we experienced early on, me and my wife don't argue we don't fight but like any marriage we've had some times I'll call them just some times that needed to be addressed um, needed to be talked through and me being the extrovert being the talker I was always willing and able to say hey we need to talk let's talk what's going on and Amy was really not ever the one to say hey you know what I can tell things are a little off let's let's chat early on in my marriage I started to kind of resent the fact that I had to always be the one to initiate reconciliation to or fix things or even conversation. Like, right. even if it's not, cause like I said, it's, these, it's not like they were big deals. It's just stuff that, you know, you're married and you're learning each other. And I want to address this thing that you do or that you don't do or whatever. She would never be the one to initiate those conversations for a while. That bugged me. Because I thought for some reason, I don't know where I got this thought, that a fair marriage was one that we both equally like. This time I started it, so next time you start it. And this time I said sorry first, so this time you say sorry first. And for a while that really kind of bugged me a little bit. And then I realized that just because we were married, our personalities haven't changed. The people that we came into marriage as were still those same people. So I'm still the talker. I think every marriage has a talker, and every marriage has a not talker. Every marriage has somebody who falls asleep in movies, and every marriage has somebody who stays awake what? for the whole movie. <laughs> Get out of my life. <laughs> Amy's the sleeper, by the way. Uh, yeah. um, so I am the sleeper. I am the sleeper only in action movies. Can I just that say? That doesn't make any sense. I fall asleep. <laughs> like, okay, so, so action movies overstimulate my senses. Mm. And I'm just like... <laughs> yeah. It's too much, too much. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Like, I can't handle Like, I, I appreciate, you know, all the Avengers movies, but I did not need to see Endgame because really? that would have been a snooze fest oh, for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But in really beautiful romantic love stories, right. I will stay, stay awake. awake. <laughs> Amy anyway. will stay awake as long as we start the movie before 7 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better... 
Um, and that speaks to energy levels too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because like extroverts tend to have unlimited energy. <laughs> they seem to have unlimited energy. But for folks who who really value just that calm mm-hmm. and the peace, and you're, you're getting back to the the peace, and it's okay. And like you said, you know, you want to make sure everyone's happy and okay, and that's all. You, that's all that really matters, you know. Mm-hmm. It's enough. Mm-hmm. Like we have to know that. Like whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, listening to this, you have to know that your personal needs are enough, mm-hmm. you know. And so communicating that mm-hmm. is different. So yes. I'm sorry, you were saying no. that everybody has a sleeper and everybody. Right. Has so, <laughs> so I started to learn that I'm our relationships talker. I'm the initiator, and that's the role that I have. That's the role that was really placed upon both of us placed upon me from the beginning so i shouldn't expect her to change who she is and now just because we're married now all of a sudden when we have an issue she'll be the one to say you know what we need to talk let's talk everything out because that's just not who she is so because that expectation changed now i no longer get upset at the idea that things are a little weird in the house and uh, i can't believe amy still hasn't come to say something to me about it because she won't she'll just live life like and it's not because she doesn't care like almost every time that i do bring something up she'll say yeah i know it's been a little weird like so she knows it's not like it's not like she's ignoring it or oblivious she is just that's not her personality to go out of her way and that's who i married and now i'm growing more and more okay with that so i know when it's time to reconcile when it's time to discuss something i'm going to be the one to initiate it um and I think that was the kind of biggest thing I learned was how to accept who she is and not expect her to change just because we got married. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why, yeah. why would you completely change who you are just because I, I married? That doesn't make any sense. And it took a lot of practice for me to be able to communicate to him. Like, I'm aware that there's like an awkwardness or a weirdness, but I don't know how to bring it up or I don't know how to address it. Like, I would spend so much time thinking about it, like, okay, how can I address it before he is, because I know he's going to bring it up. For me, it was like almost practicing in my head, but it would never come out of my head to actually say anything to him. So trying to communicate that to him, like, you're going to have to be the one to initiate, because all I do is think about it, and it gives me, like, anxiety, even trying to initiate they weren't even hard conversations. They were just grown-up conversations, I would think, mm-hmm. to call them. But, yes, to communicate with him, like, hey, you're going to have to be the one when there's a weirdness to bring it up. And then if it's something serious that I feel like needs to be addressed, I will bring it up no matter how awkward it is. Mm-hmm. So having that understanding, too, um, to let him know, like, hey, that's going to be your role. Mm-hmm. Um, I bow out of that one. And, you know, for an extrovert, a talkative person, silence can be one of the worst things <laughs> ever. Silence is the enemy. Oh, but, so <laughs> if, if things are already a little weird at home and then you know she comes home from work or from wherever she's doing and doesn't speak, to me that could just be like, oh my gosh, we're getting a divorce. She doesn't love me anymore. What is going on? She hasn't spoken to me in 11 minutes. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Um, so to learn that silence to her was not that big of a deal. So it's kind of, understanding your spouses or whoever you know you're dealing with understanding where they're coming from Uh, it's kind of like i know you're familiar with like the love languages Mm -hmm. so if you understand how your spouse likes to be loved 
then you also understand how they're loving you. So it might not be how I necessarily desired to be loved, but the fact that I can now notice what you're doing means, okay, I, I see that you, you're loving me. You're just doing it in your way. Um, so it's not like I don't feel loved. I just, now we could should maybe talk about how <laughs> you're loved. <laughs> right. So it's kind of the same thing. Once you understand your spouse's, uh, how they feel about certain things, how they feel about silence, how they feel about, you know, these awkward moments, then you realize, okay, how I feel about it doesn't necessarily match. So I don't need to freak out like thinking, oh, it's the end of the world. Cause it's not, she's just processing and doing things a little different. And I shouldn't expect her to do it the way I, cause we're not the same person. Yeah, so. It's true. Yeah. And it's such a profound truth to grasp. And I feel like we grasp it in different ways. Mm -hmm. The more time goes by, the longer we're in a relationship together is what you said before. Just, I learned how to accept her for who she is mm -hmm. and not who I want her to be. You right. know? And the same here. I, I had learning, I'm still learning every day to accept <laughs> my husband for exactly who he is mm -hmm. and not what I think he should be or not what I think love should look like or marriage should look like or other people's expectations of marriage, you know, because right. that can get muddled. It can yes. get muddled and it can ruin the goodness of who we already are, mm -hmm. you know. And then, so paths to growth in that way, which we'll get into next before we end the the interview here, building community and then knowing that change and growth happens when we're around different people. Mm -hmm. So we were talking at church, Brennan, that time about what I need to grow. And if I were just around a bunch of people exactly like me, mm -hmm. there would be no challenge, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. what, what, how do you see that in, in ministry or in life? So I think it really boils down to in order to grow in any way, you have to be a little uncomfortable. Um, I'm a sports guy. I'm an athlete. So I kind of relay everything to sports. But if you're in the gym working out and trying to grow, trying to get stronger, more in shape, you'll never actually do that if your workout sessions are, are always comfortable. If they're fun and easy and nice, you're not actually getting into any shape. At some point, you're going to have to put your body through something a little uncomfortable. You have to sweat and grind just a little bit, and that's how you grow. And I think the same thing happens just in life. If you are an extrovert like myself and you want to grow and be maybe move from like that unhealthy extrovert to that healthy extrovert, you're going to put yourself, you're going to have to put yourself into uncomfortable situations, which for me would be sitting in a room with a group of people and not saying anything. <laughs> that is very uncomfortable for me. And I don't know, maybe my extroverts out there will feel me on this, but it is very uncomfortable to have things you want to say and not say them. Like, choose not to say them. I swear, every, every thing somebody says, I have an antidote or a rebuttal or an answer or a question or something that I can contribute to this conversation. There are so many times where I've sat in a room with a group and thought, oh, that I, I have something I want to say. I have something I want to say. And to hold that in is very uncomfortable for me, like legitimately uncomfortable. But I think that's how you grow and start. And through some of those times is when I've heard some of those other people speak and be like, man, I would have never heard that if I had been talking this whole time. You know what I mean? And for an introvert, it's the, it's the, the, the adverse, converse? I don't yes. know. The, the opposite. How would you describe that? I like when he was talking it reminded me when um, after we got married I moved to Texas um, 
where he was currently living and I would actually watch him to learn how to meet people because he knew so many people and I remember as a kid like on the playground I'm like how do you make friends like I remember watching people and I'm like okay like they're in a group playing together like how did that happen so it's always been an issue for me so when I would watch him at church like just talking to so many people I was like okay I'm gonna try it I'm gonna actually get out of my comfort zone so I was like go to the bathroom give myself a pep talk and then I would give myself like a quote I'm like today you're gonna introduce yourself to four people or however many people and I was shaking and I was nervous and I was sweating but I did it and over time that's how I got to meet so many incredible people who are now really good friends and who are very very different like we've made another family in Texas from that and then I just carry that with me on new experiences either um, new work environment or a new church um, or like podcasts. I know our podcast. <laughs> like this is going to be very uncomfortable for the moment but in the end it's going to be worth it because the variety and then the people you meet I just feel like it's not just by chance like you you end up making these connections with people that they end up becoming your family and and Amy has grown a lot she's a great example of that growth we're talking about because now I can't speak to how she feels on the inside but she seems so much more comfortable going out of her way to introduce herself to new people she'll point out new people she'll be like hey uh have you seen that person before and I'll look over and I'll see her talking to somebody I'd be like, hey, how do you know her? She'd be like, oh, I just started talking to her at the cafe. Like, she has come a long way. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Yep. So, <laughs> so that is, a, she's a great example of that growth of making yourself be a little uncomfortable. You have to learn to be comfortable being a little uncomfortable. And I think once you get there, then you're opening yourself. And it, like, that goes with everything. It goes with spiritual thing. Like, if you were trying to, I, I'm, I'm just going to ramble and ramble, but it goes with everything. If you want to grow, you got to be comfortable being a little uncomfortable. That's quotable, sir. <laughs> Quote me on <laughs> And it's when we're, we're honestly trying to make real connections, you know? I mean, everybody's talking about authenticity right now and just be real, just be yourself. And sometimes we, we honestly don't think that being ourself is is okay, is good enough, you know, or, or some of us have things in our past, you know, that we still may need to give up to the Lord, maybe, maybe even seek counseling about, because whatever it is from our past or that's very deep, whether it's unforgiveness or abuse or any number of things that keep us from really believing that we're valuable just how we are, I mean, that's a universal message right there. And if we're going to connect with others in meaningful ways, wherever God puts us on this planet, <laughs> we've got to be willing to step outside of what feels safe. Yeah. And meeting safe people takes being uncomfortable mm -hmm. in order to form those new bonds. One thing that um, that you mentioned, I'm so glad that you guys are in uh, a small group mm -hmm. um, for the Road Church, because you guys are relatively new to our church. I mean, within the past year, yeah. Two, two years. Two, it's been two years already. It flies oh by when you're having fun. Half, though, yeah. It does. Well, so it, plugging yourself in right away to a small group is mm. one way that, that families can take action on things. Definitely. You know, when you find a church, I mean, finding a church can be daunting mm. as it is. You, know, you, you plant yourself in a new place. 
where do we feel the best about this? Where are we going to be able to make connections the best? And not every church offers that small group opportunity. So look around some more. Look around yeah. until you're comfortable. Church hopping's not a sin. Like, just, <laughs> just How dare you try more than one? <laughs> Find where, where you fit, and you'll know if it's a good fit, and God will give you peace about it. Um, and then um, purpose to get in a group that where you can meet other people, people who are different from you. And you know what? Not every first chance at a small group may be the right fit either. Right. You know, And that's okay, too. Yeah. It's okay to look and to be comfortable where you're comfortable enough to be uncomfortable <laughs> until you're comfortable again. <laughs> you know what I'm Getting into our small group, I, it had to be the best thing that happened since we got to Hawaii. It, if you are not in a small group and your church offers them, you have to do it. We immediately felt like family. Immediately. Like, even more so than, and we already liked our church, but that small group immediately felt like if I needed somebody to cry with, if I needed somebody to watch my kid, like, I immediately felt comfortable with that group. It is just, it, I feel like it's a game changer to get plugged into because that's what we all want anyway. We want a small group of friends <laughs> that we could rely on if we needed them. I don't think people want 800 friends. We, we really all just want five or six. We don't have time for 800 people. But I, I, I swear that small group is, is a lifesaver. It's a game changer. And it actually has changed over time. So we were a little disappointed when we first joined our life group because the people we connected with so strongly uh, with, they ended up having to PCS. Which means move. For you, so <laughs> move, move away. Permanent change of station. Continue. Uh, but then it, our group evolved, and uh, it's still like even though it has changed, we're still very connected, and uh, we do life together. The hard really times do. and the good times. It's been a mix of both. Yeah, shameless plug. Go join a small. <laughs> join a small. So growth comes when we're uncomfortable, and identifying our own mm. areas of growth. Is, is really the first step. Mm-hmm. So knowing ourselves enough to know that we are loved no matter who and how we are. Right. There's always room for change and growth, meaning you don't transform into a completely different person. Right. You, you open up and extend your opportunity to bless others with who you naturally are. Mm-hmm. And it's so neat that you guys testify to learning from each other and learning grace, learning empathy mm-hmm. is so key in mm-hmm. any marriage. Um, Thank you for being a fun example of that. Oh, yeah. and, and Anytime. Anytime. You've been listening to the Practical Family Podcast and my interview with Brandon and Amy Hawkins. We've looked at quite a few things in this episode regarding our God-given personalities, and I hope that it's challenged you to reach out in a way that maybe wasn't as a parent to you before, or if you ha- have had trouble making friends, if you've moved around a lot with the military, or just life circumstances have led you into different people groups over time, be encouraged that you are who you are. And barring any necessity that we need to learn how to adapt differently, we have an innate personality that is God given. And I hope you see now more than ever that those traits can be incredible strengths, whether you're more outgoing or more to yourself and love the one-on-one conversations. You matter to God and to the people around you. I encourage you this week to ask your friends, ask the closest people to you, hey, what do you see in me? What do you, I know that I tend to be kind of loud or 
I know that I tend to be kind of quiet, but can you just help me? Because I need some encouragement this week. What do you value most about me, about who I naturally am? And you might be surprised at their answers. It's not asking for a compliment for the sake of puffing yourself up. It's trusting the people who love you the most to tell you the truth, to express and bless you with the value that you bring to their relationship. Thank you so much for listening today. Join us at practicalfamily.org for more resources and encouraging tips for your family. Check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And as always, the Practical Family Podcast is here to help you and families like yours build strong foundations and healthy homes.